Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the rest of the season. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's dive into, and I've been thinking about this play a lot. It has not been able to escape my mind. So I wrote a breakdown of the play for ADC Sports Dallas on the website. You can check out the article after the video as well in case you want to go over it and see the shots and the description of the play and all of that. Uh, but I think it's important, and that's why this topic has been ingrained in my mind over the last 48 hours, because it speaks volumes to one of the biggest stories of the 2022 Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not talking about the regular season Dallas Cowboys. I'm talking since the offseason. Whether it was the right move or the wrong move, the Cowboys got rid of Amari Cooper. And that meant one thing. C.D. Lamb, who was drafted in 2020 with the 17th overall pick, was to take over as the number one guy in the Cowboys, in the receiving core. He was expected to step up. And honestly, he has at, at several points. It has not been perfect. There have been very, very big growing pains in that QB wide receiver one chemistry that we have been able to witness firsthand for four games. Because remember that Prescott and CD have played four games together. And there is one particular route that has been symbolic to that growing relationship. And I am talking about the route that we witnessed in that play that was intercepted, the second interception of the game versus the Green Bay Packers. Let's dive into that play and let's take a look at how that growing chemistry looks like. Because in the same game, they went back to the same route. And that time, they connected on that particular route. So, let's take a look at the first clip here. And then let's get into the details of the play. This is third and 10 in the first half. Dak Prescott is picked off by a backup defensive back from the Green Bay Packers. Look at that throw. Definitely not where CeeDee Lamb was going on that play. Why? Let's take a look at the play. First and foremost, and shout out to the podcast audience. I will do my best effort to describe this to you. But in case you want to check out the screenshots and all of that, uh, make sure you check out the, the show on YouTube and on Facebook. You've got CeeDee Lamb on the inside. He's going to uh, run a, this is what we call a middle field read route. I think that Mike McCarthy actually called it a middle read, uh, but it's the same thing. 
This gives the wide receiver two options. If the middle of the field is closed, and that literally means if there is a safety in the middle of the field or not, right? So for example, in cover one, you have one single high safety, sort of like a center fielder safety, then that means it's closed. You cannot go there. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. Uh, if it is closed, then you run a flat route, sort of like an in-breaking route, 90-degree uh, angle, and you cross the safety's face and you go get that. If it's open, you run a post, you essentially sit in that, well, not sit because you're running, you get in that vacated area of the field and you go for the deep shot, right? Now, the quarterback needs to make that throw before the receiver or as the receiver makes his break. So there's a big element of anticipation on this route. It is a fun route. It is a necessary route. Every NFL offense has it because it's an answer to multiple coverages. If they're playing cover two or cover one, it's the same because you have an answer for that coverage because the receiver and the quarterback are making a read at the same time. Remember Y option with Jason Witten? I mean, similar, not the same, but similar. The receiver is making a read while on the move. In this play, the middle of, of the field is clearly closed. You can see it there. Uh, there's a safety sitting in the middle of the field. City Lamb, for some reason, runs the post. This is a big error from the wide receiver, I would say. Uh, you could argue that there were some disguise in the coverage, and maybe that's exactly what happened. And, you know, Prescott reads, reads it correctly, doesn't connect with CD Lamb, and there you go, first interception of the game. Let's watch that again really quickly, and then let's get into the second viewing of this route because the Cowboys went for it again on overtime. They used the same route in overtime. Different look offensively. They had a, and, and, and here, here you have it. Dak Prescott was under center, a tight end as a fullback. Uh, CeeDee Lamb once more in that slot position, ready to run, run a middle of the field read. Now, this is actually a great read by CeeDee Lamb in overtime. It is actually a pretty impressive play. And, and McCarthy talked about it on Monday morning's press conference because this is not an easy read for CeeDee Lamb. Look at where that safety with the pink line, uh, where he is at. The Packers are showing you two deep safeties. Uh, but as soon as the play starts, though, that safety will rotate aggressively towards the middle of the field. So it looks like the middle of the field is open, but it's really not. It's closed. And this time, CeeDee Lamb does make the correct read. And Dak Prescott finds him for a 15-yard gain. You can see it here. Uh, let's roll the clip. Let's watch the tape. That's a middle-of-the-field route in overtime. Dak Prescott talked about it after the game. That time it worked. And, man, there's a lot to digest here, I would say. I would start by the fact that, you know, this is a common route in the NFL. And I think that when you have a dude like C.D. Lamp at wide receiver and a dude at quarterback like Dak Prescott, you cannot shy away from these type of routes. Uh, they're necessary in the NFL. But the Cowboys, you know, have seen it go southways multiple times now. It didn't work versus the Chicago Bears because there was a miscommunication there. And then it didn't work for the first time versus the Green Bay Packers. And 
when you don't connect in those kind of uh, routes, there's traffic in the middle of the field, and those are going to result in interceptions. Last offseason, I remember reading an analysis that explained why those in-breaking routes over the middle of the field tend to be the most intercepted ones, statistically speaking. And it was like a massive number. Uh, I don't remember who put that analysis together back in the offseason, but you're going to get picked off in those kind of throws if, you don't, if you're not in the same page with your receiver. But if you are on the same page with him, then it's a, it's a massive weapon that not every NFL team has the luxury of unleashing on offense. So I think it's pretty symbolic to, to look at that play, to look at that route, and understand that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are working on that growth, but also that they're not where the Cowboys maybe wanted them to be 10 weeks into the season. They've shown glimpses, of course, of that chemistry. Many of CeeDee Lamb's catches come in dimes by Dak Prescott. And even versus the Packers, we saw that this, this weekend. We saw CeeDee Lamb go off against the Dory Jackson versus the New York Giants. I know that the stat of CeeDee's 100 receiving yards has been thrown a lot, around a lot. But it's not like the guy has had bad games over the last few weeks. He had five catches versus the Bears for 77 yards. He had four catches versus the Lions for 70 yards. And then during the Cooper Rush weeks, he had a 75-yard performance, an 87-yard performance, 97, 68. Uh, it's not like CD's out there struggling, struggling. So I guess my question from me to you is, how would you grade the Dak City connection over the course of four games together? How would you grade them? Together, talking about the connection there between Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb. Because I think there have been some ups and downs. So it's a tough one. It is a tough one to, to really grade, I think. And I will read you some of these quotes here that I really liked. Dak Prescott said of the first one, uh, that was just miscommunication similar to the one last week, honestly, thinking that CeeDee was going to cross-face him seeing something different. And then you saw Dak explaining that it was about getting on the same page. And when they get on the same page, I think this is the, poten the potential to be the biggest catalyzer for the Cowboys offense. I think that Dak and CD getting on the same page at a consistent level, and that means, you know, not to throw a pick in this kind of middle of the field route, middle of middle field read routes in back-to-back -back games. That to me means getting on the same page together consistently. Uh, we have not seen that yet. And that is my biggest concern. Uh, so I cannot go with a super high grade for this one, but let's see some of your answers. How would you grade Dak City through four games together? Uh, six says C plus D for extra toxic. I don't like the system they both are used in. I don't know if I have a, a big issue with the, with the system. Uh, Bruce goes with C+, plus only because of the 100-yard game. Octavio says, but it is not only C.D. Lamb. He needs to look for the other re uh, receivers, is Octavio. C- minus for Gregory. Joey Bella goes with C+. C plus. I will go with V-. minus. I will go with V-. minus. I'm not going to go as low as a C, because I think that they're, they're both good. Uh, but my, my complaint right now, 
is that I thought they would be a little bit further along in their chemistry than they are right now. I do wonder if, what do you do now? Because I was reading Bob Sturm's work over at The Athletic, and you guys know what I think of Bob Sturm. I think that he's the, the GOAT columnist right now of the Dallas Cowboys, one of the few true sports columnists that remain. And he made, a, he made a, a interesting comment in saying that, you know, Dak maybe didn't make a lot of these throws before. So maybe you want to tone it down a little bit in those kind of risks over the middle of the field. And I, I don't know what to make of that. I, honestly, what do you do now? Do you dial down this aggressive throws and this aggressive mindset of going to a middle field read kind of route, a route that asks your receiver and your quarterback, sorry, to make the same read? Or do you make the offense simpler and maybe don't take those kind of risks? Because I think that you have to have some level of trust in Dak Prescott making those throws because your quarterback is making them work. We have not seen Dak make the wrong read in these kind of throws. And I think that matters a lot. So to me, I would 100% go for it. Like, keep doing it. Let's just get on the same page together. And, and, and I think that's the biggest shot at improving on offense. Bigger than signing OBJ or getting more wide receiver help in James Washington's return or throwing Callaway in there, um, I'm going to say that all of those potential additions to your offense are nothing compared to Dak and City getting on the same page together. And I think that they will. I just think that it's taking it's taking a little bit of, of, of a longer time than we expected, maybe. Let's see some of your comments here really quickly. Oh, and regarding the, the looking for other receivers comment by Octavio, although I want to see more targets for Michael Gallup, for example, and I agree there, and more targets for Dalton Schultz and all of that. And I think that Schultz was targeted a fair amount of times. I also want to keep seeing the ball in CD Slam's hands as much as possible because that's what we complained about last year. We complained about the Cowboys not finding ways to keep feeding Amari Cooper. And now that CD is one of the most targeted receivers percentage-wise in his own team, I think we should be happy about that. I think we really should be. Uh, I mean, despite that misread in that interception, CeeDee Lamb still went for 150 receiving yards and looked like an absolute menace uh, most of the place. The one in which he didn't, though, was very costly because that's the world the Cowboys decided to live in by running those kind of routes. Uh, it's, it's a tough balance, and that's what I think the Cowboys need to figure out moving forward. Let's see. Uh, Mo, we should see we should use, says Six to Midnight, all the receivers on those anticipation throws and use CD on the no-read routes until he proves you can trust him. There you go. That, that's maybe an option. I really don't know what the best way to go about things is. I usually think that you need to get your best guy on these kind of situations, and I think that that is CD Lamp but maybe mix in some other anticipation routes for players like Michael Gallup if you think that he can handle it. Uh, not Jalen Tolbert, though. <laughs> not, to, not to pile on the guy, but, man, 
I still cannot get over that offsides penalty. I, I really want Jalen Tolbert to, to make me remember why I was so excited on that day two of the NFL draft, because you guys know that I was hyped about the Tolbert pick. Uh, however, completely inexcusable, that offsides, and it really was a glimpse into why the Cowboys coaching staff does not trust him yet. Uh, Mark Aaron says, speaking of James Washington, what's taking so long? He's been ready for four weeks, says Mark Aaron. Did Nick Eatman said that? I missed that. Uh, I completely missed that. I, I was not able to read that. But hey, uh, hopefully James Washington comes back. Tolbert shouldn't have been in the game, says Mark. And, and McCarthy touched on this during his Monday morning press conference. He said, if he cannot be out there on overtime, then why is he on the 48? I, th I thought that that was kind of a strong statement. He wasn't. So he was more or more than anything kind of replying to the question of, you know, why was he out there? And he said, well, if he cannot be out there and get on his stance, why is he in the 48? And I don't know if Michael McCarthy was asking himself that a question or trying to get that answer out. Uh, whatever the thing, whatever the the context was in his mind uh, really speaks volumes to you as to the, the Tolbert situation. The fact that that seems to be the question right now and not uh, how can we, how, okay, what I mean is, uh, sorry if I kind of, you know, spiraled out of control in that moment, but I'm thinking as I am trying to remember what Mike McCarthy said, and I think that it's very telling that the conversation is not, can Jalen Tolbert be a featured guy on this offense? Instead, it is, why is he on the 48? And that is massive, I think, uh, because McCarthy said, if he cannot get out there and get himself in his stance, line up, why is he on the 48? That was McCarthy's question as a justification as to why he was playing in overtime. But the fact is, he didn't get in his stance properly. He didn't line up properly. So that, that, that question becomes a little bit more of a reality. And there was one play in the Chicago Bears game that I uh, tweeted out on, on at Mau NFL, M-A-U-N-F-L. That's my personal Twitter account in which the Cowboys are running this sort of stacked receiver look with one receiver in front of the other directly. And the Cowboys ran a read option off of it. They also had a, a RPO at one point in the game. There's one play, and I really wish I had it at hand to show it to you. Maybe if I look for in my in my apps here in my phone. But there's one play in which Tolbert is kind of turning to the defense, and he's looking at the defense even though the ball is already snapped and he doesn't turn back to the quarterback. And it's kind of like a, a screen fake, I think, kind of like a screen and go where the Cowboys are trying to get in that particular play. Let me see if I can show it to you the old school way. And yeah, I, I'm, I might be able to do this. I'm sorry for being so basic for the second time. All right, there you go. Okay. Prescott is turning to him, right? Prescott is already turning to him. Look at where Jalen Tolbert's eyes are. Let's see. Let's get the lightning here. 
Jalen is not looking at the quarterback. Jalen is looking at the defense. I had this saved up. I wanted to show it to you uh, earlier, I, I guess, last week. But, hey, another example of that's two times that I've seen personally Jalen Tolbert look completely unprepared for on-field action. I think it will get better. I'm not sure if it, it, it will happen this year, though. Uh, it's weird. It's really, really weird. Freaking six Raiders know how to line up, says Mark. Man, I, I really don't want to pile on the guy, but, but like, everyone does know that, I guess. Uh, I don't say, po I didn't say a positive comment until I was already a man's extra toxic, Tom. Uh, life of a Cowboys fan, I guess, extra toxic. Maybe that, maybe when you were already a man, maybe the Cowboys were winning a championship or something. Toxic says, uh, before he made it official with the name, I just started the name thing when Randy called us Toxic. Oh, there you go. The origin, the, the origin. Uh, Jeff says, Tolbert will head to practice squad. He is done this year. He is not ready. I would be surprised if Dallas makes a drastic decision there. They, they like their draft picks. We know that. And I don't know if it's smart overall to, to get rid of a former third round pick. Uh, it's a tough one, man. But if the Cowboys get more receivers in the roster or in the practice squad and they want to elevate them to the to the game day roster, then you might see some changes there, I guess. Uh, but anyways, moving forward, speaking of moves, uh, the Cowboys made some practice squad signings today. Alec Lindstrom was injured. They signed a inside offensive lineman to replace him. But the better known name is definitely Antonio Callaway. Wide receiver out of the University of the Florida Gators. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 2018 NFL Draft while suspended because he declared to the NFL Draft when he was serving a suspension in the college football world. And you guys might remember Antonio Callaway. I think that plenty of NFL fans will remember him. He was a very talented wide receiver for because of the off-field issues that he was dealing with. He dropped in the NFL draft, got drafted in the fourth round, and now the Cowboys are his fourth NFL team in a span of four years. Yeah, 2018. Five years, <laughs> excuse me. Now, a little bit of an important nugget that Matthew Lennox threw my way on the ADC Sports Dallas chat. Shout out to Lennox. Uh, the Cowboys had him on the 30 visit list for 2018. And I know that a lot, a lot of time has passed since then, but he's a guy that they've liked for a few years now. I don't think that Callaway plays a big impact on whatever happens to the 2022 Dallas Cowboys I know that when news dropped on the Cowboys cutting Mika Tafua from the practice squad, people thought maybe a big boom move was coming. I saw some people suggest that maybe OBJ was headed to Dallas, which sounded like an exaggeration ever since those tweets started going out uh, shortly after news on Antonio Callaway dropped. So there you go. Two additions to the Cowboys practice squad. Uh, maybe Callaway does get activated at some point. I don't know if he will play a big role on on the offense, though. He he has not have a he has not had a very active career in the NFL so far. But definitely a talented man. I know that he's had some off the field issues. I'm I'm just not excited about the move, to be honest with you. 
I don't know if you if you guys are. Mark says Callaway has good speed, just a knucklehead. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a that's a good move, man. Better known names is toxic. I was like, who the f is Callaway? I thought that they signed a gold hat. Well, the thing, Tommy, I think that those who follow college football uh, or maybe the NFL draft, I guess, at that time he was a very well known name. He was like. That dude that you know was talented, but you didn't know how far he would drop. And uh, he was well-known. He, he was well-known at that time in 2018. Uh, I remember liking him. You know where I, I remember liking him a lot? In Dynasty Draft Football Leagues. Uh, I'm not big into fantasy football. I don't know if, if I have told you guys that before, but I'm not big on fantasy football. But I signed up for like a couple of dynasty leagues a few years ago <laughs> with some guys over at InsideTheStart.com, I remember. And I had Antonio Callaway like in two or three leagues. Uh, the guy's talented. Look at his eight. Look at, look at some of the games that he had for Florida. He was talented. I don't know if it ever translated to the NFL. I don't think that it did. Once more, this is his fourth NFL team in five years. I think that he even had some time. Let me double check this really quickly. Uh, let's Google Antonio Callaway pretty quickly because I think that he also played like for the Vipers. <laughs> let's make sure of that before I tell you any more lies here on ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. We're about to get to the one cool thing of the week, by the way. Uh, yeah, he played for the Tampa Bay Vipers in 2020, the XFL team of Florida. Spent 2021 in the practice squad of the Kansas City Chiefs. Was with the Dolphins in 2020 and with the Cleveland Browns for two years. Check that out. Check that out. Anyways, there you go. Check that move. And hey, before we move on, do you like or dislike the moves for the Dallas Cowboys? Let me know in the chat while you do that. And before we get to the one cool thing of the week, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is the 2022 Mazda MX-5 Miata Sport. This one starts at $29,560. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto, keyless entry, and you push to start, manual transmission, convertible roof, blind spot monitoring, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26. When you are in the city, that goes up to 34 when you are in the highway, Freeman Mazda, a family-owned business for over 65 years, make sure you check them out over at their website. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Do you dislike or do you like the moves made today? Let's see. Uh, can Callaway block, says Joey Vela. Man, I got to tell you. I don't think that I ever scouted uh, Antonio Callaway when he was coming out of, of Florida. I don't think that I did that back in 2018 at all. Uh, let's see if I can get you some info for tomorrow's show. You're too young to drive a manual, Mo. Floyd, let me tell you something, man. When I was 15 years old, I learned how to drive stick. I actually learned how to drive, uh, you know, in stick. Haven't haven't driven a lot of sick though in the past few years. So I don't know how I would do if you put me to the test. 
But I, I, I don't think that's one of the things that you forget. I'm not sure. I think that I, I would nail it. I would definitely nail it. I'm sure. Mo, at this point, why not just field a team? It's cheaper. This is extra toxic. All I know, the Cowboys better do the Oklahoma drill tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like the moves. This is Chase. <laughs> I know. I know, Floyd. Me too, man. I'm having fun. Hell yeah, Maurice. This is Joey Bell. <laughs> I'm going to get a, a higher rate of approval for driving a, a manual. Hey, hit the thumbs up if you if you drive a, a manual. Let's, let's get this show going. Hit the like button. Before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, what is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new to Prime Time, this is our feel-good segment of the week. Every Tuesday night, we get into the one cool thing of the week. You can share something personal, something professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Drop your one cool thing in the comments. I will start. I will not be live tomorrow. I will have something ready for you guys, something for you to enjoy, a pre-recorded show. Uh, but I will be in an orchestra concert of my girlfriend. She plays the violin in an orchestra and I'm going to be able to be there to attend and watch her perform. I really, I really enjoy that. I've not gotten the chance to do that in a while, so I'm excited about it. I think that she's excited about it too. I'm sure that she's not watching because she's a Steelers fan, uh, but I'm excited about that. That's definitely my one cool thing of the week. Excited for it. So tomorrow night, instead of being live, I will have something pre-recorded for you to enjoy. Mo gonna play the flute? Nah, not me. I've never been able to play any musical instrument, man. That was never my strong suit. I really admire that that she uh, is very good at it. Between you and me, sometimes she doesn't even rehearse. She, she she's like uh, booby miles on Friday Night Lights. She just has to show up. Now, all kidding aside, though, uh, excited. Mark says, Mo, does she even drive stick, man? That last word was not even necessary, Mark. Between you and me. I hope that she's watching, man. My first car was a 1984 Camaro. This is Toxic Tom. Happy birthday, Joey's dad. This is six. Joey says, today is my dad's 60th birthday, and he's a diehard Cowboys fan. Well, Joey's dad, happy birthday. And I'm sorry that the Cowboys didn't deliver to you this weekend. Let's hope that they do next. Uh, Bears the Minnesota Vikings. My sister's birthday is Friday, says Mark. Extra says, one cool thing. Glad the NBA is on so I can get ready for another one and done. And that, Jerry, is someone bullying Mo? Says best rapper alive. Nah, all good. <laughs> I love the best rapper alive was ready to throw hands. Mo is the one who knocks. <laughs> Shout out to Samuel and, and, and him defending me. The Eagles go down to six to midnight. Man. That was definitely a one cool thing. But I know, I know that you guys felt like me last night when watching that game. Uh, we were celebrating that the Eagles went down, but also it hurt. It hurt that the Cowboys didn't make the most of it, man. It really did. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> I hope that you guys have a fantastic Tuesday night. I will leave you to it. Enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for sharing your one cool thing of the week with me. 
See you tomorrow. Check out the article on the topic that we had today. Uh, check it out in written fashion over at adcsports.com slash Dallas and much more content for you in there waiting for you. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Freeman brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Nos vemos. Adios. Bye-bye.